mindset where we take a deep dive into the creative process of making music. Subes, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about songwriting, songwriting process, and everything to do with that general subject. For the first time ever, we're having this discussion. Definitely didn't already have this discussion and, and Pro Tools crash a bunch. Uh, we were just talking about it. Not my Pro Tools, your Pro Tools, which is like deeply upsetting to me because I spent like way overbuilt my Mac Mini to not do that. And it is like thankfully staying strong. But like the, the level to which you need to meet Pro Tools halfway, like beyond the minimum requirements for it to like actually run properly is kind of insane. Yeah. And dude, it, it honestly, I can gen- generally say it's probably because the fact that I got this MacBook and I got it with 120 gigs of storage and I'm constantly pushing that limit where I'm like constantly just getting stuff off of it and like saving stuff to it. I'm like, I so badly need to get an external hard drive that's like a five terabyte external hard drive and have everything live on that except the software itself and that's it. And I just haven't done that yet. So soon enough. And I will say, yeah, I mean, that particular... um time it was really bad it was like every like yeah that was like minutes. shocking yeah i'm su- I'm, I'm surprised because we did try to power through but like it was it was an insane amount like like clearly it was something that, that we shouldn't have powered through and should have just addressed because it was so much uh yeah and actually that's how my old laptop is and i only i only realized this so like the laptop i've had since college that kind of just lives as my like backup 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 um because i was like bouncing out files i forget if it was a, a logic session or guitar pro or something and i didn't realize it that as i was bouncing out stuff my computer was deleting like the source files as it went because it ran out and just like had to do that instead of stopping me from creating a new file it would just delete an old one that was feeding it and i was like yeah did not realize i was just literally up against that limit and it just didn't tell me so yeah i i I did a very bad thing and lost a lot of not a lot but i lost some like unbacked up things by not having uh doing my backup until after that occurred and then i was like i need to have everything live on a terabyte drive somewhere yeah, dude, that's that's the move. fascinating stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of songwriting, I think one of the most interesting things about songwriting, and this was actually one that a lot of people responded on Instagram that they wanted uh, us to touch on, because I do think it's such an interesting topic in that it is so different for each person, as opposed to, you know, like there there is some similar ways in, in which people learn, you know, how to play guitar or how to do a specific thing or, you know, take a course or watch a YouTube video like songwriting is so different because it is so inherently personal that like the way you write songs is never going to look exactly like somebody else's. And even just getting to the point of like being okay with the the things that you create, I think as far as songwriting versus, you know, just, just playing the guitar or, you know, like covering a song, like the point where you reach that same level of, you know, middling satisfaction with your own work on songwriting, I feel like takes so much more work and trial and error than any of that other stuff. Cause it's really a psychological game that you have to play that, you know, changes over time. Oh, totally. And the approach in general to songwriting is like you were saying, it's personal. It's, it's also very hard to measure as far as progress sometimes. And like, you can definitely listen to a song you've written, um, like a year or two ago and then something you've written now I've been like, okay, I've improved in songwriting generally, but it's like, what does that even mean? It flows better. The lyrics are better. The the chords are more mm. interesting. Like, what does it even mean? It's, it's just, it hits very immaterial hits. Yeah. yeah. Hits at a deeper level. Like the connection is there more. It's, it's just so something that's a little bit hard to articulate sometimes um, when it comes to telling other people how to get good at it. It's like, oh, yeah, you need Mm to, uh, uh," and then you just think about it for a little bit. Actually, yeah, what do you need to do? I guess you just need to do it. 
a lot. I think. Yeah, you you need to go on a personal journey of figuring out how you want to approach it. <laughs> and, and and like you said, the lack of objectivity is so tricky because I mean, even yeah, like like you were saying, I think it can be done, but not to the degree that like looking back at five years ago of you playing guitar or you you know playing live or you you know mixing a thing. Some of that stuff, like the the actual benchmarks are much easier to tell in that like you could say, I think my songwriting has gotten better and someone else could look at the stuff you've done and feel the exact opposite for exact opposite reasons. Like, because it is inherently about why we like the music that we like. So when we need to reflect on how much we like the music we create, it's kind of both sides of that coin in terms of like, we need to enjoy it as like the person consuming it because you kind of need to like, at the very least, acknowledge getting into the head of the listener to be like, what is this listening experience like? You know, you, like I know the whole idea of like you write music for yourself, but like if you write it for yourself, then then maybe you don't release it. Like maybe you don't care about anything beyond that. But if you like do release music, you want it to connect with somebody. You want like somebody to hear it the way you're hearing it and get excited about it. So the way you engage with it is kind of as immaterial as like, why do you like the genres and artists that you like? Like it's it becomes such a more minute thing where it's really hard to break it down to something more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, and, and it's interesting too because if if songwriting was just like playing an instrument was, then you would easily be able to look at a band and be like, oh, this band released mm-hmm. this album in 2008 um, and the songs were this good, so now their new album they released should be like so much better because they've had all this time to work on their songwriting <laughs> and sometimes it's just not the case. They're like, this yeah. album is just not just not oh, yeah. digging it at at all and you would think that they you know the songwriter mm-hmm. would get better because like maybe as musicians they've improved a bunch or whatever mm-hmm. um but you know that doesn't always lend itself to being better songs or even you know even saying better mm-hmm. songs it's still like a subjective opinion it's like hey i think the song is better for this reason it's the one way you can measure it to a certain degree is like engagement from like a, a mm-hmm. wide audience but then at the same time it's like well that you know also narrows it a little bit because you also have songwriting that's a little bit more niche and more unique doesn't mean it's worse it just mm-hmm. means it has like less of a base audience that'll be interested in that song so it's extremely hard to measure but at the same time um i do think that there's something to be said for like a lot of general components of songwriting that can mm-hmm. constitute something as being a quote-unquote good song you know like um the lyrics mm-hmm. you know being fluent making sense being able to be connect not you know cliche but all still being able to connect on the thing mm-hmm. that everyone can relate to um the instrumentals um you know being interesting enough but not to being too extra that it's like okay mm-hmm. this is too chaotic and i can't understand or get into it because it's just too weird mm-hmm. um there's a lot of things like that where i think there is some articulation to be had when it comes to like what would constitute a good song versus a cliche or not very good song in some ways i guess for sure, yeah. And I think even what you were saying, like, in terms of engagement, like, yeah, it is, is and it's interesting how this is used to kind of measure that because the idea of, it's, it's a lot easier to measure, you know, popularity and engagement and even, like, easier to measure the quote-unquote commerciality of music because we all know what, like, a commercially successful song has, you know, like, it has a catchy hook and the vocals are really in tune and it's, like, just really easy to get into the very first time. It's very accessible. There's not a bunch of barriers to entry, right? There's not, like, what no pop song has, like, a 30-second avant-garde intro with outside of a key like of course it doesn't like like there are things that we can say like oh this is more commercial than this or even throughout an artist's discography this is more commercial than that but hard to say like is their commercial songwriting better than their non-commercial songwriting because they're trying to achieve two different things so even what you're saying about like having your own benchmarks yeah i think it comes down to like what you want out of your own music in terms of like what is your 
like true north is what you want your songs to be so that you can engage with them on that level to be like you know what as far as like lyrics or instrumentation what is right for the thing you're trying to create and then view it as far as that because i do think it's hard to put a song that you create in the grander context of every song that's ever existed is just like completely overwhelming to know like how you should feel about it as opposed to like what is your understanding what your goal is really distinctly so you can hold it up against the watermark of you know either songs or your you know imagined ideal platonic truth of what that is and then you can compare it to that instead of comparing it to like every song in the genre that's ever existed oh yeah t- totally and, and you know what i think there is actually something to be said for at least the comparability of playing an instrument to songwriting when it comes to there's one precursor and it's like you have to risk being the fool to get to be the master yeah. it's like you can't just and i think that we um this is something i think we touched on when we were talking about this before it's like you can't just write a song and expect it to be the pinnacle and the, the most amazing thing you're, you're going to mm-hmm. do. And like, if it's not the best thing that you imagined you're ahead, then you're not never going to let it see the light of day. Cause it's like, you can't have that mindset towards it. Like, you know, as a performer, even, you know, you can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to go out there and be Guthrie Govin, um, or else I'm not going to play out <laughs> ever. And it's like, okay, well you're never going to play out ever. Good luck with that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing with songwriting. It's like, you kind of have to like go through that process of like, Hey, I'm going to write this song. I'm going to like, just let it happen. Even if I end up not liking it, you know, you can mm-hmm. always, if once you, you know, really hone in on your craft, you can always, if you really don't like the old stuff, get rid of it or something like that. But you have to be willing to go through that process of like, hey, um, this might not be the best thing ever, but I need to go through this if I want to get to the place mm-hmm. where I actually am really, really d- enjoying what I'm putting out. Yeah. And, and it's so true that you can't skip over it because if it's like, oh, this song's coming out really bad. I'm going to stop this song and I'm going to you know start another song a couple weeks later and that one will be good. It's like, no, like you kind of need to get all your bad ideas out. Like like even to like I, like, and I do like the parallel of like learning an instrument because the idea of like maybe you've already played an instrument for five or 10 years before you try your hand at songwriting and you're like, oh, man, I'm good at music. Why is this so bad? It's like, OK, think about the first month you played guitar. Was any of the things you played the first month you played guitar stuff you would want to show people? Probably not like right like like so the idea of like hey i just started songwriting and it's not good yet is like yeah if you just started a guitar would you be good yet for the amount of hours you've spent doing it so if you spend two hours doing songwriting and you don't like the songs you make it's like that's good because you need to get hours one and two out of the way to get to hour three and you have to you know get through hour three so that hour you know 500 is going to look very different from that but you can't just jump to hour 500 you need to slog through all of that stuff the same way you had to with your instrument so that when you reach the point where you create a song you really love, you understand how you did it. Because I think one of the most dangerous things, and this is either like, I think this is apocrypha that we really like assigning to artists, the idea of like, oh, this brilliant song that, you know, has been streamed a billion times and sold, you know, a hundred million records. Like they wrote that in like an afternoon. And isn't that crazy? Like it's awesome when that stuff falls together. And like the whole idea of inspiration is, is really tied to the songwriting, um, like the exploration of what it means to be a songwriter and that it is a very personal thing. And is not just like checking off the boxes of a form. Like it really can't be that. Cause if you approach it that way, you'll be really unhappy with what you do or at the very least I am. But we love that story and we love that ideal of like true inspiration, just like, you know, worth saying that like it does happen where like a song falls out of you. We're like, you, you're not even writing as much as discovering it, right? Where it's just like, oh, it's like the song is already there and I'm just letting it out of me. Like, that's awesome. I love it when that happens. Sometimes it is such a, a, a total moment where everything comes together and immediately just just comes out exactly the way you want it. But if that doesn't happen, 
the worst thing to do is say like, I'm just going to stop and wait to get inspired. It's like, no, you need to figure out how, when you're not inspired, when stuff isn't just flowing out of you, how to make that happen, like sit down and do the work. Cause essentially if this is something that you take seriously, it has to be something that you can do regardless of whether you're feeling inspired, just like anything else. Like, can you imagine like giving your song to a mix engineer and the mix engineer is like, yeah, I'm just not vibing with my mix stuff right now. I'm going to wait to be inspired to mix this. It's like, no, you work a profession. You do a technical task. You can be creative with it and you should, but like at the end of the day, you need to know what you want to accomplish and how to accomplish that. So if you accidentally write a good song 10 hours into songwriting, that's great. But at the same time, that shouldn't give you the ideal that like, that sudden inspiration thing is the norm because really it's everything outside of that is the th- is the things you can control that you actually have you know the agency to engage with what you need to do to be a songwriter to be engaged with your songs to be engaged with your own process and like really put in the work to make that happen yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely like it's discipline you know and i think that's definitely something that people could stand hearing when it comes to songwriting it's like it it's a discipline. You sit down and you work at it. And also, like you were saying, if you wait for that inspiration or that magic moment to happen um, and you just think that's how songs, great songs are created, it's like, well, you never know. You're, you're never going to get to the point where you can like have the tools to just create a good song, even if you're not like inspired because you're not always going to be inspired. And what are you going to do? Just stop working on things if you're just not feeling it. And um, the, the cool thing about, you know, disciplining yourself to do it too, is like, you can actually, you know, take note of what you enjoyed about a song. If you had 10 terrible songs or whatever to the ratio is like five terrible songs to like one great song or whatever it ends up being, you can then take note of like, okay, this one great song, like what happened when I disciplined myself to write this one? Well, maybe the verse does this when it happens the second time. And I think that's a really cool thing. Okay. And you start getting all these little tools in the toolbox and then you bring those tools out and that starts to become your songwriting style. Like your style gets developed Mm -hmm. through your discipline of finding out what you like to personally use in your songwriting, your instrumentation, your, um, you know, the way the song is laid out. Um, just all those little things where, you know, eventually over time you will, be your own sound when it comes to songwriting and being an artist. But like, you can't just have that or expect it to just be like, okay, and here's the moment I'm really feeling it. And then now that it's gone, I'm just gonna wait for it to happen again. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll see your album in the next five years. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And and, and I do like what what you were saying about like personal songwriting. Cause I think one of the most dangerous things, and this is something I used to fall into is the idea that it's not like, songwriting as an individual thing but songwriting as because I, I agree it's a it's a craft it's a discipline but in in within those things it's not like here are the steps to become a songwriter even the thing that i i will rag on other mix engineers of like being super obsessed with somebody else's process is great to to think about and to like consider and all that stuff but the idea of like there's not an answer like like that's the thing there's not an answer or the, at the very least there's not one answer so the answer isn't you mimicking somebody else's process as exactly as possible like that's the thing that worked for them they are not you they are their own person with their own experiences and their own influences like you need to find out what that is for you so like what you personally need and what your personal process is and you kind of need to go by like trial and error like there's really no fast way around it to be like I did this stuff and that didn't work very well and now I'm trying this other stuff so even with that like the trial and error thing doesn't have to be random because like you were saying like looking at the stuff you've done and like making yourself complete a song even if you think it sucks and you're never going to share 
share it, being able to look at that and say like what worked and what didn't and consider that for the next thing. You just need to fail a lot to get better. Like, like that you just have to do it. You just have to write a bunch of bad songs to write a good song. Cause if you, if you just won't finish any of those bad songs, you're never going to figure that stuff out until you move, do that stuff and move past it. So that's leading me into a question that I think is very interesting because it is very different for everybody, which is like, what are some tropes you consider of your own songwriting style? And basically like, how is your relationship with songwriting changed over time? Cause I do also think that like, it's not one thing forever. It does kind of ebb and flow with you as, you know, a creative person. It's going to look a little different every time you come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that my approach in general has changed in a way where I do think a little bit more, um, directly about the way the song is going to end up manifesting itself rather than when I started songwriting, it was very, like, I don't think I had the ability to articulate where some of the, the ideas were coming from or why some of the sections went the way they went. I just think I was like, oh, I could do this and it can do this and it can do this and maybe it'll do this. And then that kind of got chopped down to whatever it was. And then I was like, all right, and this is the song. And um, I didn't really think like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this because this takes too long to get to this next thing. Um, and I think that's <laughs> just definitely something that's changed about the way I write because I have like essentially in all my my songs, one thing that's say consistent has been it usually starts with the guitar, specifically acoustic. I'm usually sitting down with my acoustic guitar when an idea manifests itself or or an electric too. But usually I find that the most if this if the idea can stand out as a decent idea, it's usually like, hey, in its most nascent form on the acoustic guitar with nothing else adding some cool flavors to it, is it a good idea, musical idea? Mm-hmm. Um, is it catchy? Is it cool? Is it something I enjoy listening to and playing? All those little things. And then if it, it kind of goes from there, I'm like, all right, well, cool. Let me start off this idea and then kind of build the song around that being the core idea. Um, sometimes it's a little bit different, but that's, I'd say, the general thing that stayed decently consistent um, throughout the, you know, the time I've been songwriting. Um, but I would say back when I used to write, it was definitely an approach of like, oh, here's a riff. And then I'd be like, oh, and it's going to do this. And then it's going to, the riff's going to come back and it's going to do this thing that, uh, is here. And then it's like, and this is the song. And I would say now I take an approach of like, I think it should do something like this. And I'm going to write something for that specific purpose. I'm not just going to take all mm-hmm. these random ideas that my brain generated Riffs and try to together. mush them yeah. together into mm-hmm. a song. Like I, I don't care if like I'm thinking more about serving the song as a song now rather than serving the individual mm-hmm. musical ideas that constitute being put together for, you know, being a song, I guess, is probably the for main sure. thing that's changed over the songwriting. Um, it, or even just if I take a different approach, if I ever get stuck, I guess, sometimes even taking a different approach mm-hmm. as to what instrument I try to uh, start on or like if I start thinking rhythmically rather than melodically first, that might change the way the song orients itself but yeah generally speaking it's always me the guitar and whatever idea that starts it and then i you know kind of try to build it around that i would say Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i'm the same especially like what you're saying is like to engage with a new song you kind of it kind of needs to excite you in that like you can't write a guitar part that you think is boring and be like okay it's fine to be boring the the vocal be interesting like you kind of need something to engage with on that early stage something or something that like can live on its own is like there's something here that is interesting and I want to develop that yeah like I kind of need to start from that place too and for me it's usually like a, a clean guitar that does that or like I'm trying to figure out the core thing the progression I usually start with one section figure out what part that is and then just expand in whatever directions I can and I think that like with that in mind like 
how you approach the song is very much like what does the song want to be like it's, it's sort of figuring out so what you were saying is in terms of like writing a section where you conceptualize it first before you approach it musically is like something that I think a lot about because I think especially I consider myself like the production side of most of my brain is taken not taken over a lot of other facets, but is really informing them in a lot of ways. So like now when I'm writing a song, I'm thinking a lot more about listener experience, like in terms of the arc of the song and the flow, or even just like, if I was a listener, where would I disengage or where would I feel like, Oh, there's no new information. We go to verse two. It's identical in every way, except for, you know, a couple lyrical changes. And then we hit chorus two, which is identical to chorus one. And then we hit a bridge, which is just, you know, like a rearrangement of ideas. And then two more choruses is like, man, I would have got tired of that song already. Like, unless there's something really, really at the forefront that is just so invigorating that I can't, can't keep my mind off it. Like there's a large part of me that thinks like, if I was a listener, what do I want? So I would say that like, it's funny because I really like long spiraling songs. I rarely ever write a song that is more than like three and a half, four minutes. Like a lot of times I'll write a song and be like, this feels very complete to me. Like I love the arc. I'm not waiting for anything to be like, oh, this song is two minutes and 30 seconds. Like this is a short song. Cause I think even just my own over time has changed. Like even my own, you know what? Um, like attention span has changed a little bit where like, where like I do sort of fall into like, don't bore us. Give us the chorus idea of like, if it's going to do something, I want it to happen. And every time we reach a logical place, I want the new thing to build and expand and re-interest me in a way that like I'm taken on a journey, not just presented with these things in a sequential order. And that is the thing. So with, with that in mind, there's some things I, I've started to notice, especially this last Blurgundy album cycle in terms of things that I come to with writing a lot. And a lot of it comes to with like, um, like balance is a big one. And then like you know, uh, dynamics and variety. So like there's a huge amount of like, oh, we hear this thing super clean and then this thing's super dirty and then the clean thing comes back, but this time it's dirty and it's different. Like, like so I've had a very hard time. I hate writing verse twos. Like I would much rather like, first chorus is over something new like don't don't give me the same thing. I don't want a verse two. So like going straight to a bridge or let me say as far as contrast goes, I've I've started to know this looking back on my songs. I have a really hard time not modulating on a bridge because like what is a bridge like bridge is like its own song within a song we're allowed to go somewhere else it needs to be a refresh so to me that's naturally like oh I want to move into a different key area and whether it moves brighter or darker like says something about where the song is moving so I'm actually like very very interested in modulating all the time but I almost never change tempo and meter is if I'm drawing attention to it sometimes meter but like almost never just different sections in different tempos more about like how can we follow this train where it's going but like take it in a new place that feels different um, or even just recontextualizes something earlier by maybe placing that melodic figure over a new chord progression or like the same melodic and harmonic stuff we've heard but now in a different key area going somewhere different that resolves maybe down to the next chorus instead of up to the bridge which it did out of the chorus so stuff like that or even balance I'm always thinking about like and I think part of it because now I do my writing inside a DAW like I don't I don't like write in a notebook or like a lot of things that I know other people do like very traditional songwriter stuff or like all the songwriters who write lyrics first and then write music to the lyrics I've never done that like maybe loosely where there's a lyric inspiring but like really I can write and have many times written a whole song instrumentally because I'm familiar enough with 
how I want the structure to function, then I'm like, this is clearly a verse. I haven't written the lyrics, but like, I know this is a verse. I know this is a chorus. I know this verse needs to be a little bit shorter, but I'm going to add two bars of something different before the chorus to make it hit even harder the second time. Like I can really think about on that level and then more about like, what is this music? How do I react to it? So I think the the topic of writing lyrics is kind of its own thing. Um, But just to finish that thought, like writing inside a DAW, I'm always thinking about like, what instruments are doing what? What are the roles? If the vocal drops out, what's now taking precedence? Or like, if there's a vocal here, I need to drop this other thing out. So one of the things, I'm wondering if you've fallen into this as well. Sometimes like the designing principle, like the thing that I'm writing that is sort of telling me what the song is, once I put everything together, that that might be the thing that needs to be de-emphasized. Being like, hey, this is taking focus away from everything else. Like this inspired the song to exist, but now it needs to be downplayed for the other stuff to functionally work. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, this is the part. This is the song right here. And that's something I either need to de-emphasize or remove completely because it's just not serving what the song became. And I wouldn't have gotten there if I didn't have a piece excited about that I was going to start with. Yeah, I, I think that's happened to me a couple of times. Um, although I would say most of the songs I wrote like in full were were for the POF. And I would say that most of the being the only guitar player in the mm-hmm. in the POF, <laughs> a lot of the guitar parts are like the only guitar parts, and I'm trying to make them the thing because it's like if it's not the thing, then like like because I have to be whatever, you know, we record when we play live whatever the main part mm-hmm. is on the guitar has to be the thing it's I play live. Up. It has to be the most prevalent because if it's mm-hmm. not, it won't sound like the song when we play it live. And there, I've been a little mm-hmm. bit more, um, I guess I, I've gone a little bit more into the territory of like, oh, I'm definitely not afraid to have all these other layers um, that are filling it out and like taking uh, control in certain sections. But for the most part, I, I would say that, you know, the main idea that I do end up coming up with usually ends up being at the forefront, at least, Um, not, you know, being super at the forefront, like people are only paying attention to that, but it is like, Hey, if that thing was gone, it wouldn't be the same, um, at all. Right. It's underpinning. Um, Yeah. But everything, I I would say that there have been times specifically outside of the pop, especially where the main idea kind of ends up being more like a blend in the song that ends up being the idea that everyone's paying attention to, especially the more, uh, singer songwriter, more, lyrically driven mm-hmm. things like like the acoustic project uh like the percussive acoustic project like that was like all basically vocal even though it was percussive guitar like you know marketed as like oh it's the percussive mm-hmm. guitar thing like i still don't think the percussive guitar was like at the forefront of everyone's attention it's more so the lyrics mm-hmm. and the vocals um that were taking most people's attention i would say because even though the main guitar part was consistent throughout both of those songs pretty much um they weren't really supposed to be the the point of focus most of the time, maybe in certain specific er- mm-hmm. times, it's like, hey, here's the thing. But then, like, by the time you're the lyrics are in and like there's other layers, you're not really focusing on it anymore. So I'd say in that way, mm-hmm. it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's even an interesting example, which kind of mirrors what we were talking about, the pop guitar stuff, where the guitar kind of needs to accomplish a lot because it's a lot of the times it's the only harmonic instrument right because there's you know bass drums there might be samples and melodic stuff going on like op1 stuff but like as far as like informing the harmony like it kind of needs to be the harmonic stuff it needs to kind of have its own melody like it's accomplishing a lot and i think the percussive guitar is kind of the same thing where it's like hey here's the chord and a counter melody and a drum beat like it's like all of that stuff like so it is like inherently needs has a lot of elements that are going to support the vocal in that like it's also kind of the drums and it's also kind of you know the chords of the song and all and the the, you know obviously like there's an aesthetic you know 
thing that that it does that tells you like what the genre is but yeah it's just kind of being more of the band which means it can't just be itself it has to sort of fill a supporting role because it's doing all of these supporting roles simultaneously um speaking of lyrics i'm very curious i i know we've we chatted about this before but i think it is something that is maybe one of the hardest things to get into or at least for me was one of the biggest barriers of entry which was like how do you write lyrics and how has that changed or not changed over time oh yeah dude lyrics my it's it's and that's the thing yeah that's the hard one my my worst at least at least in my mind yeah i've never sat around the studio being like i don't know what the next chord is like it's like i have seven ideas and here are the here are all of them as far as lyrics though it can be much more obtuse about what the next lyric should be right oh yeah what it should be or even what it could be depending on the uh ability of the individual to become vulnerable i feel like that's like one of mm-hmm. the biggest and hardest things about songwriting is like it's like what you're saying is like everyone knows when you write a song, it's like what the lyrics are is, is a representation of how you're feeling about something. Even if it's abstract, it still has some kind of like deeper thought process inside of it um, and letting other people hear that. Because like I think for a lot of people, songwriting is kind of like an outlet to a certain degree. It's like, hey, I have this feeling about something or I'm feeling this way, whether it's happy, sad, confused. It's it's a good way to kind of understand, like, at least for me, like, I feel like every time I write a song, it's because I'm feeling something in a more, I've never been neutral feeling and been like, I think I should write a song right now uh, or lyrics specifically. I'm always like, dang, like, I'm really confused about this thing. I think I need to like, this is inspiring for me to like write a topic about this or like, um, or I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It doesn't even have to be emotionally tied. It's like, I've been thinking about this mm-hmm. a lot lately. I think I could write something interesting for people to engage in when it comes to lyrics. Um, and lyrics, um, for me have always been something where I am like a little bit, um, I wouldn't say scared of being vulnerable, but I would say I'm hesitant to be vulnerable sometimes, especially with how direct the lyrics are. So I always tend mm. to start off with a very direct way of saying things and then think to myself, what's a good metaphor? How can I abstract this idea so mm. that people aren't just like, he's sad. Um, <laughs> so they can be like, mm. it, it can be hidden behind something that's like, oh, here's a good metaphor that people can still like uh, get the underlying theme from, but I'm not, you know, directly saying my feelings because I'm, I have a tendency to be, I'd say there's, you know, I could name a handful of songs that I was a little bit more direct in that people could be like, oh yeah, he's definitely talking about this thing. But there's definitely some songs where people are like, is this about this? I'm like, nope, not even close. Because <laughs> <Not even close>. um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just totally abstracted the lyrics and into something where, and I actually think there's a lot of fun in that too. Like I like being creative with words. So I do enjoy lyric writing, but it is very, very rare that I write the lyrics and then I'm happy with them. Like it is like, mm. I'll usually write all the guitar and, and the music. I'll be like, all right, cool. That's awesome. I like that. Um, that's neat. And then I'll go to write the melody and the lyrics and it takes up like whatever the, <laughs> constitutes hundred percent of the songwriting time. 70% mm. of that is melody and lyrics. Yep. It's like 30% is the instrumentals, even including like, um, just whatever, like other layers are added in the end time. It's like just such a secondary thought to me, especially when it comes to just like layers where I'm like, Hey, this course needs uh, to be expanded a bit. Let me just add this twinkly higher arpeggiated guitar and that'll do the thing. And then these thicker guitars and that'll make it thicker. I'm never like, you know, it's not that deep. Um, but with mm-hmm. lyrics, it's like every word feels like it's like yeah. super, super important. Mm-hmm. And like the way you phrase something and the way the lyrics connect and like the inner working theme of it compared to the other songs, like everything is so specific and it's just so easy to be self-conscious about that, that it's just, mm-hmm. it's just a really hard thing to get into. But I do find that abstracting a more direct theme is like how I tend to do best when I'm writing lyrics. 
Yeah, and I think you touch on one of the biggest things, which is one of the biggest challenges, which is like how personal songwriting is. Because like you can go somewhere and play a G chord and it doesn't reflect you. Like right as a person, you're like, yep, we all play a G chord. Most of them look like that. Like like there's there's something so much more telling, like you said, about even just your internal workings when you need to externalize something lyrically like it is a direct reflection in the way that like we all write a lot of different styles of music and those all sort of reflect you know a complicated person who doesn't you know only like one style of music right like writing anything on a musical level doesn't necessarily tell you that much but like needing to take something external and internal sorry and externalize it is such a personal thing and and I think you touched on a lot of things that I really agree with in that like my personal process and even finding my way to this took some time is that like I almost exclusively write songs about things I don't feel comfortable talking about. Like, almost exclusively, like, to the way that, like, I kind of need songwriting to process, like, some emotions that honestly, like, I'm not even fully, I, I can't even, like, address really directly or, like, they're not so obvious. Like, I kind of need, I think you said an outlet. Like, it is totally an outlet for me to process and externalize things that I'm, like, either feeling directly or not, or maybe not even aware that I'm feeling because the way I write lyrics... I do like, you know, sometimes if you get a, a lyric idea, you jot it down on your phone, but really the way I go about it is so instinctual because I really can't conceptualize that well. Like if I just sit down and be like, how am I feeling? Like can't really do it. I need to be put in the position where I just need to externalize it. So like what I was saying before about like me figuring out what the song is musically first with the idea of, you know, structure inside of it, I kind of need that to, you know, like incite a reaction to me because the way I write lyrics is so instinctual where like I need to just like, hear the music and then just like sing a melody and just let whatever words come out come out like it needs to be kind of a random generation thing like so like the vomit take I'm really into the idea of like binge and purge in terms of like oh yeah just like let yourself be out of your intellectual mind like take that away just just be purely reactive to what notes you want to sing what words you want to sing and you'll usually find your way into so something that is very true that maybe you would not have found your way down if you like sat down for half an hour and wrote out in a notebook what your thoughts were on what the song should be about because I kind of can't do that like and to the extent that like for better or for worse it is kind of a form of I, I won't even say therapy it's just even a form of like you know a personal process that I need to go through that like I don't really have an external outlet that isn't that like, so when I write a song, it's a lot of like, Oh, I was feeling this, maybe not even realizing it. And it's also why all my songs are about things that are like typically a bummer. And things, like I said, like things that I either don't feel comfortable or just like, don't have the emotional energy to just like talk about constantly in my regular life. So like putting them in this place is like a way for me to think about them and process them in a way that I can do creatively that is very vulnerable, but for some reason feels less vulnerable because it's part of this other thing that I'm like very confident in as far as like craft goes. This That can be an outlet for that where it's satisfying these two things together that I really couldn't satisfy at least one of them if they were totally separate pieces. Yeah, totally. Um, and I would say for me too, I feel like I tend to also, since the song comes first, like, and the, the music itself, I do tend to listen to the music a lot too and see what kind of like feeling, even just like the, the chords and the, the groove and all that stuff evokes. Cause that Absolutely. definitely actually what you were saying about just kind of like saying stuff, almost like, you know, vomiting out things that are just almost your unconscious thoughts or your feelings that kind of help generate some things. I actually, you just brought back an old memory of uh, me being in my parents' basement, writing some of the stuff on the first Poff EP. Mm. Um, and I had my loop station out and I had 
the idea on literally just on loop and I was just like humming over it just saying stuff over it and then eventually that would be like the main theme and sometimes I have like a a premeditated thought that I'm like okay I think the song should be about this thing I've been thinking about for a while and I think this is the right song for that but usually most of the time it is like okay let me just listen to this idea from an outside perspective because it's hard to like play the idea and then immediately just start Mm -hmm. saying things over but sometimes it's nice to listen to the idea being played back to you and then be like start just like almost like it's almost improvisatory to a certain degree it's like Mm -hmm. unconscious like lyrical improvisation but it's like it once you get a line i feel like it starts Mm -hmm. to flow more it's like oh this line okay that that feels like it vibes with what i'm hearing from this part that i made um and then you kind of go off of that and then it starts to kind of like take form but it's coming from such an unconscious place that i'm the same way i don't I don't ever really consciously be like, mm-hmm. here's what's going to be about. And it, it just doesn't feel natural that way. And every time mm-hmm. I've tried to write lyrics that way, like it's just, it just doesn't work as well. And I always end up rewriting them. That's the thing. Like mm. I've re- I've rewritten so many lyrics to so many songs. Like I literally can only think of two or three songs I've written where the first version of the lyrics were the lyrics that ended up staying Every other mm. song at least had two or three iterations. There was there was a song that I literally rewrote like seven times, like lyrically. I was like, hate it. Good Lord. Next thing. Hate it. Next thing. Hate it. And then finally, I wasn't even happy at the end. I was like, you know what? This is fine. This <laughs> you're works. just like, you're just done. <laughs> yeah. Um, Art abandoned. And let me say, I think that is actually one thing in which we are different. And, and also one of the growing things over time that I've talked a lot about as far as producing stuff either is just the idea of committing really hard on the way in, especially when you're recording something to not just be like, well, let me put it in the middle ground and I can kind of pick later. It's like, no, I want to have a vision and really commit to it. So like that moment of, um, and it's funny, it's not the same for every project, but like the moment of, and I, and I hesitate to call it inspiration because that sounds like it's not inspiration. It's effort. <laughs> it's effort and work and, and planning um, to make this thing happen. Um, but like in that moment, like what I commit to in the time, I sort of commit to the idea of like first thought, best thought as far as like if I'm doing something in a song, like you said, like I find a line that I'm happy with. I'm like, that is now permanent. Like that is now what the song is. And I can go off of there and I just start committing in different places and build it that way to the point where like for me to go back and do that process again, it would be kind of difficult because I've already I've already gotten through what I consider like the most immediate thought. So the idea of like, OK, what if I keep this melody, but I just want totally new words over it is like, well, if I did that, then that would inform all of this other stuff differently. So I'm kind of of the idea that like once I find what that thing is in order to keep going with it, I need to commit and say that I can't go back. Kind of the same thing instrumentally, too, where I'm like, hey, I already decided that this is how this course is going to go. So now the creative challenge is like. How do I make that happen where I'd be very hard pressed or I need a a really distinct reason to say like I must functionally change the chorus either like harmonically, rhythmically or just, you know, structurally. I need to change that to make this melody work as opposed to like this is the musical thing I wanted to say. And now how can the vocal work with it? We're like, yeah, I've been committing so hard. The idea of for better or worse also, like, let me not say that this is like this is the perfect system, but it's just the system I have. Like, I will not allow myself to go backwards. Like I once I do something and I move on it's committed because the moving on is dependent on that thing. And if that thing was different, then then I would kind of need to scrap all of it and start that process from scratch, which I can't really do once you know, you've decided on like, oh, this is the right melody. This is what makes sense. It's kind of hard to hear new things over that, at least new like vocal melody, like focus of the song things. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, you're, you're right. We are definitely different in that way because I can definitely name some <laughs> times where, oh my gosh, dude, there is a specifically the song Sleep by the Pop. That song 
took probably over a year to be like finished, even being written, not even mm. just recorded. Like I remember I started, mm-hmm. I wrote that guitar. If that itself, I mean, of course it's like not a normal song as far as the guitar part goes. Cause like the guitar part was pretty hard for me to like create, generate and also mm. play. So that, that mm. was a while. And in the itself. guitar part is I, the song. Like everything, everything that was written was written to that part. Cause it did, like I said, is doing everything. It's the progression. It's a counter melody. It's kind of telling you what the drums are doing. Like it is the song encapsulated. Yeah, and that that definitely plays a role, but I also rewrote, like, I remember after, like, six or seven months, like, I played that song for my jury at Millersville, um, and at that point, it didn't even have words or lyrics, it actually had, like, just the melody, which uh, Kelly played flute um, for my jury, played the, the melody on flute while I was playing the percussive guitar thing. Um, but then later I ended up, when I actually ended up finishing writing the song, I completely scrapped the entire chorus, made the the old chorus, the bridge, and I wrote a whole new chorus for that. And then that ended up being what I was like, okay, I think this is it. This is the thing. And, um, and even like lyrically too, I remember, um, I actually found my old lyric book the other day when, um, and I read the lyrics, what used to be the lyrics for that. I was like, oh yeah, they're like (laughs) completely, there's like. Mm-hmm. the theme is similar but like the overall approach mm-hmm. is like completely different and uh that's i would say the main thing when i change lyrics which is usually the thing that ends up changing most usually when i write a guitar part it's the guitar part unless i yep. really fundamentally have a better idea but usually it just stays the same um mm-hmm. but lyrics tend to to waver a bit and um like i said there there are some times where it's like it happens and that's exactly what it's going to be. But usually I have a theme and then I approach it a certain way. Then I'm like, "Mm, I don't like the way I'm like talking about this. Let me try to talk about it in a different way or like abstract it a different way so that it comes across differently. And like, um, I think that's why also so many of the lyrics thinking some of the songs, I I remember looking back at some of my lyrics and being like, this made sense at the time, but I'm not even sure what I was talking about, to be honest. Like, like I even Mm -hmm. think about like the first, uh, the first verse to sleep, the first lyrics are, feeling the cold airflow, hearing those same voices go, uh, here in this dark space again, you'll go and I'll follow you there. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, I don't know if that means anything. Like if that was just mm-hmm. how, like, you know, I don't know. I truly don't know. Yeah, it just, I'm, in that I'm moment, it way. made sense. And I mm-hmm. was just going with it, I guess. Um, but that's, yeah, I think that's uh, something uh, interesting uh, though, too, because people can interpret that however the hell they want. I think that's what yes. I really enjoy about lyric lyric writing is like, hey, this can mean, someone could listen to that and be like, oh, like, I think I get it. And this is what it means to me. And this is how I'm interpreting mm-hmm. it. And I can interpret it in a totally different way. And someone else can. It's a little bit different than just telling. And that's not to say I don't appreciate lyrics that tell a very direct story, because I can also really mm-hmm. appreciate great storytelling. But for me personally, mm-hmm. when I write, especially because of my yeah, lack, I don't write those lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My lack of being very directly vulnerable and my um, subconscious you know, thoughts about that. I always tend to abstract it to like almost like the highest degree where I'm like, no one will know what I'm talking about. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. um. Even I don't understand, which, which <laughs> let me say, I've definitely written some, cause we were talking about like the instinctual writing process. I've definitely written lyrics that where I'm like, I'm not sure what I mean by this. And then like six months later, be like, I think I know what I mean. Like, like where it's very like, it's abstract even to me a little bit. And I think that's some of the beauty of like the creative licenses, like where it's not just about, cause yeah, it's, it's not just about like, here is like, events that occurred like really like the creative license you're given as a writer is more especially when the music itself is more um 
more about like the impression and the texture than it is just like here is you know like what happened like like you have a lot of creative license to do that which I find very rewarding in that like even the way I listen to other people's music like I'm not like oh here's a song about this thing I want to know about the events that transpired like I don't really care like as far as from the artist perspective I very much fall into like death of the author like once the artist releases music now it's ours like like they have their own purposes but now we get to make it our own in terms of how we engage with it so I'm never really that worried about like you said the being direct with things like I also like that style of songwriting and I think that's maybe a more quote-unquote classic style of songwriting um the you know the sort of story song type of thing or even like the, the personal like memoir st- style of writing where you are talking directly about your direct experiences um and that's something I just never like I can talk about my own experiences but yeah I agree with you like the way I need to think about them and present them or even the way I'm internalizing this stuff and then finding a way to spit it out is never just looking at it super, super straight on. Cause I, I find that to be kind of artless for myself, not for other people. Obviously there's great songs like that, but I think that was even my early forays into songwriting were really stunted because I had this very distinct impression that like songwriting, like to the extent that songwriting like is singer songwriters is like you writing down a bunch of lyrics in a notebook about like something that happened to you and then you playing them over an acoustic guitar chord progression and that's a song. And and it's hilarious now thinking about how I actually write songs which is maybe the exact opposite of that. Like that is not at all how I approach songwriting at all. It's very distinct to like this sort of, you know, ethereal, cerebral concept of like musically figuring out what I want to do and then that informing everything from that point where I rarely write one section and I know exactly what the whole song is going to sound like. Like, like discovering where, where the song wants to go is the songwriting process, not saying like, here is the song fully formed concept. Let me fill in the music underneath it is like, I can't. I, there are some people who write amazing music that way, music that I really love that I cannot write in that style or in that genre. It is just so antithetical to like what I need to do for myself to get through the process. And I think also worth stating, like the process has to be something personal enough that is like, how are you able to write and finish and release songs? Like, like the idea of like getting through the entirety committing at least at the very end to say like, this is it, this is done. I release it upon me. I've, I've abandoned this song to the extent that I can no longer work on it anymore. Cause I think even the process of doing where you leave your options open is a little bit easier till the point where you say, this is it. This is the song now. Like it might be something you knew from day one. It might be something you only really realize what the song is in the last, you know, 10% or like how the song needs to be presented. And I think that's like one of the terrifying things, especially once you relinquish the control over like you deciding, you know, the things that you can control in terms of how this will be perceived by somebody else. And then just letting it, releasing it for other people to just react to it is far scarier than like, oh yeah, I played a, you know, bass on this song or I played a a guitar part here. It's like, that's not the same thing as like, I created this entire thing, which is a personalized expression of who I am and, and what I think. Like, that is far more personal than anything you can do musically, I think, at least. Like, yeah, that is a much bigger stakes, is much more vulnerable, is much more difficult on a conceptual level to make that commitment. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And, um, yeah, on that topic, actually, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. So a lot of people who are probably listening to this specifically, you know, are probably going to be like, oh, you know, I've heard the songs that, you know, we have written. Um, I'd be interested to hear more about the, you know, the mindset that goes behind that. But if we were just, you know, if you were just going to be giving tips and advice to someone who, because honestly, we're, we're talking about a lot of the stuff like, and we've done it before and it's, it's pretty, 
I would say at this point, easy for us to articulate, oh, we do this and we kind of think about it this way and it kind of happens. But it's like if, if someone was coming up to us who's never in a song before and they're like, happened. hey, I really want to get into it. How can I start? What what would be your approach or your advice to someone who would be just trying to get in it from ground zero? Maybe plays right. piano or guitar a little bit, but right. doesn't has never written a song in their life. What would you say? Yeah, and and it, it might sound antithetical to the instinctual thing because, like, let me say, I fully believe in the instinctual thing. I think it is like almost a way to like hack your brain to be like, I want to get to the stuff. And, and this is the way I need to go about it. It needs to be a reactive way. I truly do believe in that. But as it comes to like the actual craft, because like I said, I feel very comfortable writing an entire song instrumentally to the extent that I'm sure I know how the structure will work with vocals, even if the vocals or concept has not even been thought of yet. Like I am comfortable enough with the structure of, of creating songs or even the structure of producing songs that I can commit to those decisions really fully and separate the process that way. Where like music and lyrics are kind of two sides of the same coin as opposed to one. So as far as actually looking at it as one full thing and trying to approach it, Honestly, the thing I would I would go kind of the opposite from um, instinctual and I go very pedagogical and be like, let me find 10 songs that I like that I think are brilliant, that move me, that everything about them works. And and let me really understand those songs. Like, let me understand their structure. Let me understand their tempo. Let me understand the harmonic language of the song, the harmonic rhythm. Let me understand, you know, how the melodic stuff works over that things in terms of like, why do I find this note choice to be so impactful and so emotional here? It's like, okay, that's not a chord tone. That's maybe the ninth or something. And just the way it rubs with other stuff is just so like yearning, like, like stuff like that on a really simple basis. Like, what is what are the elements of language of songwriting that you the individual like and I think this is the important thing where it's like like we said it's so hard to be objective so you can't say like how is this compared to everything it's like how is this compared to like what I find meaningful in songwriting as a listener like I think it needs to start there because at the end of the day if you're creating stuff you are creating for this you know hypothesized experience other people will have but it needs to work for you the music lover at its basic core right like you can't make a song that you're like well I don't like it but someone else will it's like unless somebody's paying you to do that that then what's the point like you you should love the things that you make and that can be a really challenging thing to feel because if you think about all the music you've heard in your entire life you've probably disliked 90% of it right like like it's more often than not that you feel unmoved and uninterested in a new piece of music than for you to feel deeply engaged to it so the idea that your output everything would be your favorite thing just because you're the one writing it it's like kind of the opposite right like you're going to be way more critical of yourself in that role than you are of something that you don't have your context for because you can just take it as it is. So I would say like really dig from the inside out of what that is. And then honestly, the thing that is the hardest thing is like make yourself write and finish songs. And when, and when I say like finish, you can be like, I hate this song. I hate everything about it, but I wrote it. I wrote the lyrics for all of it. I wrote the bridge. I figured out the chorus. I figured out the intro, the outro. I decided what was coming in or out. Even if you're just talking about like, instrument supporting a voice even if that's all of it just going through that process even for a song that you hate that you're never going to do anything with you need to get that out of you so i would say like understand what you like about the songs that you like however you can internalize it doesn't have to be as theoretical as i was saying although honestly i, I find that stuff to be very interesting where like i hear something that moves me and i can just enjoy it as a listener and then later go back with my you know more analytical brain and say like why did this was it so impactful for me and then i can unpack it and then that's a tool in the box for like oh i really wanted to feel like that i'm going to use that technique or that structural trick or whatever it was that harmonic language so like understanding what you really love and what basically what are the things you want to accomplish right like if you want to write really 
personal confessional style music, you shouldn't listen to a bunch of really abstract bands if that's not the thing that you want to do. Like you should find out like what are your influences? What's the type of music you feel like you want to create? And then just the trial and error of making yourself finish bad songs. Because I think that that's a thing that feels so counterintuitive to be like, this song sucks, sucks, I'm abandoning it. It's like, no, finish that song. Finish that song and then finish five more. And then and then the next five you can say like, are what have I learned from my first 10 failed songs that I can use to make these next five better? Like you can't not do it. Like you have to write stuff, even if you're not releasing it, but you have to commit to the extent of like, this is the full final product of the song. This is, this is what I'm able to do right now so that I can move on from that. Cause there's nothing worse than starting a bunch of songs, not finishing any of them and just keep doing that. Like you see it all the time with like EDM producers where there's just like, yeah, I've got these like 20 songs that are all one quarter done. They're like started. It's like, starting a thing can be really tricky but if you have that inciting idea where you're excited about that one thing it's more about the effort and the craft and the discipline of the follow-through than it is just you know the magical creative moment you can write a good song off of something boring and trite if you just keep writing and you replace things as you go you can have a pretty mediocre idea that turns into a really great song the same way that you can have a really great idea that just never develops into anything you'd be like this is an amazing chorus and i have no idea what the rest of it is and i can't get it done so like commit to finishing your songs and setting goals for yourself where you can look at this and say, not am I the perfect songwriter yet, but like, am I getting closer to what I perceive as the valuable facets, pillars that I want to achieve? Am I getting closer to them over time? Because that's the only way you're going to do it is by failing a lot and learning from that. Like you not being able to write a good song right away does not mean you're a bad songwriter. It means that you're just starting to write songs because I guarantee you your favorite artist's first song sucked. Like, Radiohead's first songs sucked. Like everybody you think is a genius, the first thing that they made sucked. Like I guarantee you, they are embarrassed of it and are happy that people don't know what it is. Like by the time you hear a really influential band, they're probably 10 years into getting all their shitty ideas out, right? So like the idea that you're not good at it right away, it's like, of course you're not. It'd be very strange if you were immediately good at it because almost no one is. There are some people who are like very savant and very like emotionally capable of writing a brilliant song the first time around. But like, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about normal people like you and me who who that is not the case for, where it is like some level of effort and intention required there. And just the follow through of making yourself finish bad songs as hard as it is, is totally necessary. You have to get it out of your system so that you can improve and you have to have benchmarks to to tell that you're improving. Even if you're not at the end goal, even if you're just better than you were three months ago, that you just want to keep on that path till you reach a place where you're like, this is the thing that I want, this is the level I want to achieve, but I only know that based on me finishing songs that I know were not up to snuff. You kind of, in my mind, you kind of have to do that to start that process in earnest, need to be ready to fail over and over and over again. Oh yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. And um, to add on to what you were kind of saying too, about listening to some songs that you really enjoy and like, um, and then kind of trying to understand what's going on inside that and use that. Like I would say to people listening who are, if you're trying to get into songwriting, there's nothing, don't think that you have to be a hundred percent unique in your approach right off the bat. And then that's going to be the thing. It's like, Hey, listen to a song you really like literally take its exact form. Be like, mm-hmm. Hey, it does a vert, an intro, a verse, a chorus, a verse two, a chorus two, a bridge, a double chorus. If that's the mm-hmm. thing, which has happened about a million times, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. It works. Mm-hmm. Try it yeah, out. Like, don't I, be afraid to, don't think you need to start, all different than every song has ever started and your chorus needs to be a different <laughs> approach than every other chorus. It's like, no, most songs do kind of the same thing structurally. 
Um, not, you know, there's different little things that make it unique and maybe you can get to the point where you're, you're making your own decisions about structure and stuff like that, but don't go in, you know, you don't have to go in blind and just think that something great is going to come out. You can use templates, you can use things you like, you can use things you like, not just for the structure, but you can use things you like for the soundscape. You can use things you like for the instrumentation, like take inspiration Mm -hmm. from other things and just incorporate that. Hey, maybe your first things might not be any different than other stuff and maybe it's like Mm. just a worse version of something that you like um but hey (laughs) that's what it has to be for you to get into it like you know try Mm. it you know because i think that like one of the biggest you know we talked about the barrier to entry as far as vulnerability but also just like the just trying it out i feel like is a big thing too Mm. because it's like people just do not it's not as apparent where to start as it is with like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm learning guitar. I need to really focus on just my one, two, three, four exercise with my fingers to make sure I can hit the frets with my fingers. It's like the songwriting mm-hmm. process is not as direct as that. But there is like there are stuff out there that you can take inspiration from and you can literally I mean, you don't want to copy it exactly, but you could literally just take the general chord progression a song used and do it just do it in a different way to a tempo of a different song and groove of another song that you like and then you mm-hmm. have a chord progression of a song you like and a structure and groove from a song another song you like and that's now a new kind of song in a way it's like okay mm-hmm. even though these are two things that existed prior i'm combining them in a different way and this, at least this is a start to getting into something finished because mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of people think that what they are doing needs to be a new thing and it needs to be like, you know, pushing the boundaries. It's like, I mean, maybe you can get there eventually, but I would even say even in the world of famous people, not many people are actually mm. pushing the boundaries to the point where they're completely unique. Um, yeah. That's, that's that, kind of, that not the, and let me say for a lot of genres, like not even the point, like, yeah, like, let me say like, there's a reason pop songs are structured the way pop songs are structured and why that hasn't changed drastically over the last 30 or 40 years it's because we know that works and if anything it's getting even a tiny bit simpler like songs are getting a little shorter a little bit more hyper focused on the hook like most songs starting with a chorus instead of starting with an intro or a verse like there like there's a reason that these songs are so simple and so direct it's because it works like so the idea of needing all this artifice of like yeah trying to write a song the way no one has written it before it's like no 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 like learn to write a song like everyone has written a song before and then work your way to the more un- unique stuff yeah cuz you can't just start with like and we even talked about this as far as like if you learn a new concept on a guitar or something don't immediately use that like like let that sit for a second understand the context of it because like a lot of the things that we engage with so much as musicians or maybe not the meat and potato stuff. Maybe it's all the extra stuff that we get excited about. It's all that ear candy stuff. But at the end of the day, the ear candy stuff is like 5 10% of what makes a good song. Like it needs that stuff for sure. It needs those moments. It needs exciting stuff. But really what it needs is a strong foundation. So actually what you were saying is like such a good way to like address really directly what you like about songs by just literally taking pieces and putting them together. Or even like the idea of like not parodied in the sense of like making a joke out of it, but like, hey, if someone gave me a hundred bucks right now and said, you need to write a song that sounds as close to an Adele song as humanly possible, could you do it? Like, what are the elements? What are the sounds of like piano and voice? How are those melodies written? How are they structurally, harmonically? Very simple, right? Like you listen to a lot of these and you're like, oh, it's really about like the naked emotional performance. And sometimes it's just like straight up pentatonic stuff. And there's typically like, a beautiful lush piano with lots of plate reverb, like all these very distinct things where you're like, oh yeah, these are all factors. And knowing this, if I want something to hit like an Adele song, I can pull pieces of this or just the way those melodies are crafted or yeah, like what is the lyrical topic about? Like 
doing that stuff like and again what we're saying not in terms of like write this song and release it as your personal manifesto on music but just being like as an exercise making yourself putting yourself in those situations where you try to figure that out basically reverse engineer a song is going to make you by default engage with you know what are the discrete parts that make this song what it is or this song that you love what makes it tick what makes it work from the inside out because if you start going top down you might have a really hard time but if you go bottom up to like foundationally like you were saying what is the group what is the meter how much space is being taken up and you build all the way to see how the vocal sits on top of everything else that's a really analytical way to say like how can I craft a song not not how can I write a good melody but how can I make a song from the bottom up that functions the way I want it to function that does what I want it to do engaging with all pieces of that outside of just like well I'm a piano player so it's going to be a vocal and a piano there's a lot broader than that and obviously this is still coming from producer land to some extent but like engaging with that and this is also why i've said like i think producers really need to be musicians in that to like produce a song really well you kind of need to be a songwriter even if you're not getting a songwriter credit because you need to know how this stuff works and what and what it how it affects the listener in the recording in terms of like how that functions you need to understand some level of that so that you can replicate what you want to replicate or even just avoid the pitfalls that you as a listener dislike hearing like so the idea of yeah working an existing song from the inside out as opposed to like I'm starting from scratch because honestly, option paralysis in terms of like this song could be about anything in any key in any possible whatever. No, like take an existing song. You'd be like, this is a, a song in 120 in F that's about this. And I'm going to write a song just like that. That is basically, you know, like a carbon copy, but legally distinct enough that it is not a cover of that song. And I, I will now understand kind of how that song works by doing that as opposed to I need to write an original song. And I have nothing to go off of. Like, that's where I think a lot of people live in terms of like, I don't have a jump off point, so I just can't write a song. Or at least I can't write a song right now until inspiration strikes. Yeah, and all those things are tools in the toolbox too, where it's, you know, you pull from a song and you figure out what you like about it and you like that groove and you're hearing something in your head and you don't know quite what it is. You can't really articulate it or know how to uh, get it out, especially if you don't play that instrument. That's definitely a tough one too, but it's, if you go through that process enough times with stuff you do like and you pull from over time, you pull from enough things and then you kind of implement it, you will have an idea in your head. And this makes the songwriting process so much easier and why it's a discipline because it's like, all right, well, now the amount of time it takes you for you to figure out what you're hearing in your head and get it out is about 100 times less than it was five years ago because you've gone through the process enough times to know exactly what that sound is in your head and exactly how to get that sound. And it's done. It's over because you've gone through that process of listening to things you like, pulling from the things you like, trying them out, seeing what how they interact with the other things you've been trying. Because sometimes you might have like, and this definitely happened to me when I was songwriting, I had like... Um, a couple of different ideas and I just forced them to work together. Cause I was like, I am hearing how these go together, but I don't know. I'm just gonna go boop and just put them together. And then sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. And, but you have to go through that because you have to be able to hear the way things are going to go together, not just randomly plunge into the, uh, the unknown mm. and hope that on the other side, you're going to get a amazing product. Because I do think there's something to be said too, for, um, you know, the, the, uh, contrast, I guess, um, between the predictability and unpredictability of a song too, where it's like, Hey, I think personally, if you're trying to write a really good song or what is something that would, you could say almost objectively that makes a song really, really good and listenable is 
it's just predictable enough to the point where you're not completely lost and it's just unpredictable enough so that like you're surprised when new things happen and it's really keeping you engaged. But if it's too much either, if it's way too predictable, it gets mm-hmm. boring and stagnant. And if it gets way too unpredictable, you can't follow it at all and you it's just yeah, not there. So it's like, yeah. it, it can waver on either direction. But I do think that like that's something where it's like, hey, borrow from something that's a super predictable thing. And then, you know, mess with it a little bit. You know, and be like, what if it was like this except... You know, like you were saying earlier, like, oh, there's a bar of two going in here. Or maybe there's, like, a big, like, explosion moment that, like, no one was expecting. And that kind of gets sucked in and gets right into the chorus. And it's like, oh, that was, you know, just enough to make it interesting and no, nothing you were expecting. Um, but not taking away from the, the actual song in which people can, you know, follow. I think that's, like, a good, would be a decent guideline or, or word of advice I would give to people if they were trying to get into songwriting. Is like, try to make it so it's not, like... People are listening and they're like, and here it comes, and they know exactly Three, what it's going to be. Melody, um, yeah, <laughs> and and it's you know that's different for you know people who have our musicians yeah, a, too because like I would say it doesn't matter because like most you know pretty competent musicians will actually be able to predict a lot of the stuff that's going to be happening, especially <laughs> in certain genres. But but you know mm. the common person should not be able to always be predicting what's exactly happening because that mm. I would say then is actually too snagged in. It's like if a person who doesn't even play mm. music can guess everything your song is doing, I think that that's a little a little too on the orderly side. And I also tend to be a little bit more chaotic in my approach. So maybe I'm, I'm <laughs> a little bit more biased towards the chaotic side of things, but I mean, sure, I wouldn't yeah. say that particularly though. I did say the songs I write are pretty structured, pretty normally, although I have written ones that kind of are like all over the place, but um, I don't know. What do you, I'd be interested to hear what you, you think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was good. Let's get into that next. Uh, but a quick note on, on what you were saying. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think to the, this, what you described is a really good reason why I, ha- I have an almost impossible time at this point, divorcing my songwriting brain from my production brain. Cause really in terms of writing a good song, same thing with production, like you were talking about, those moments of basically balancing the listener's energy where you're giving them enough new information that they stay excited, but enough stuff that they know that they stay engaged and they feel like they get the song. Because there can be something kind of off-putting about a song that like constantly takes you somewhere where you're like, oh, I, I thought that was going to pay off and then go here and then this is new and it's unrelated. And I wanted to hear that part again. Like, like there is stuff that you can do to like, there's a certain amount of repetition that is like, really nice as a listener where you hear a song for the first time and even if you didn't get every moment of it you were like yeah I was there the whole time I was like ready for it so it's like really hard for me to take the producer brain and the songwriter brain and split them because really in terms of anticipating the listener's experience that's what both those, those things are about it's about trying to work from your end for the you know perceived listener at the the end of the chain to say what experience do I want them to have and what are the places where you know what's preventing them from getting into what I want the song to accomplish and how can I fix that stuff I think that stuff is like yeah super super important to think in that way which is again slightly in the headier field of things is more like getting to that place eventually but like that idea that you can engage with like the as if you were the listener hearing it for the first time in any really musical context that's going to give you a lot of objective information that maybe isn't super fun to engage with in terms of like oh man like if i'm dropping out on this bridge how can i expect somebody who doesn't care about this song with no context to power through it like like one of those things where you just kind of need to like allow that information to just hit you however much it is sort of the same conversation we had about like reference mixes and stuff like there comes a point where you just need to like take it for what it is and whatever it is it's a learning experiment and you'll move on and get better. It's totally fine. Uh, yeah. And as far as like the approach to songwriting, like you were saying in terms of like balancing predictability and chaos, I think that is one of the interesting things where like, or even like the way that songs hit people differently. Cause I, I think I told you this once that I love all of the choruses on the first puff EP because when everyone hits, 
it's always a down chorus. Like, almost exclusively, the chorus pulls back in energy almost the way that, like, a really emotional bridge would do as opposed to, like, here's the chorus, everything gets bigger, louder, punchier, wider. Like, like there's, there's almost, like, an intentional directive of, like, making you feel the chorus more by, like, pulling everything in to be a greater focus point where it as opposed to like here is the thing that we expect which is always an explosion of a chorus and then the next one's even bigger maybe the final one's even bigger and doubled so the idea of breaking that with the idea of like pulling back a little bit dynamically can make like a real moment out of something that might instead of just being like a five percent increase in energy is like a huge aesthetic shift to a completely new world can like and that's honestly what i love about bridges and why i think it's so much more fun to write a bridge than anything else because you get to like break all the rules that you've set in the world of the song you're like here's what you expected now i can do almost anything as long as i keep enough elements together so like maybe you keep in the same key but you know you change up the time feel a lot or the meter is shifting but the melodic thing is staying constant like enough to that you can latch onto but still that you get this new song within a song experience so yeah i'd be curious to hear like like what do you think are some of your more chaotically created songs <laughs> um well this was kind of i mean this is definitely the first thing i think of when i think of chaotic uh songwriting and this was a had somewhat to do with me but also had to do with uh you me and steve specifically was when we wrote suffocate because oh, as god. far as um, oh god yeah <laughs> yeah as far as <laughs> a song a goes there's a specific story yeah there's a specific story that i'll let you tell about like th during the songwriting process that maybe puts a perfect uh cap on what you're talking about about like chaos in songwriting yeah oh i know exactly what you're talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so yeah when we were writing that song in the studio and i basically came in with the main riff idea that happens in the very beginning um after the drum intro that's you know all i had i was like oh here's a kind of riff and kind of basementy kind of riff yeah, that i made much. and um we can go off of this. Um, then, you know, we went to these kind of other sections and, you know, all of our, we're in that mindset of just like ideas going off ideas. And it definitely uh -huh. does not help that all three of us, you know, I, I guess are tend to be more like just like unbound creativity minded rather than more like, at least in that moment we were, no more than like say, especially ra rational. And that was one of the reasons of us doing it was saying like, hey, like we're just trying to make music art like they're not not the idea was not engaging with the limitation of like what do people want to hear like it was just what we wanted to do very bold face very intentional about that yes yeah and then by the time we i guess got to the it's so it's so funny it has so many sections i don't even know what to call the sections I'm like the yeah, acoustic uh <laughs> chan section i think it's what we used to call it the chan section yeah yeah like We're, kind of a bridge but in the idea that we like heard what i guess is a verse into a chorus and then we go to a bridge where we're not coming back to either the verse or the chorus ever again <laughs> <laughs> you heard them they're gone now um but yeah, what yeah. i did like <laughs> about the, the chaoticness of that of that song specifically is that like even though we did stray pretty far away from like the main ideas that were heard in the beginning that those ideas those transitional moments still became core ideas that happened later throughout mm -hmm. the song and like there were still even though a whole new section was like introduced from like i would say you know the halfway point on that some of those old themes kind of came back in different forms and like then mm -hmm. they got combined in like an interesting way to kind of wrap up the song like even though it was very chaotic but yeah that song just texturally and uh part wise like just it really had so many places to go and like um it, it that's interesting though like i mean the, the thing is like um there's that was a more uh, an example of something that I would say is on definitely the more chaotic end of the spectrum as far as like especially the predictability it's like i, I mean mm -hmm. I, we couldn't even predict oh wait i didn't finish the story hold on so yeah, I was so gonna we, say, yeah. when we got to uh yeah like i guess like that 
Chan section. We were like in the middle writing that. I think uh, we were talking about that 6A Afro-Cuban um, groove yeah. that kind of happens. And then all of a sudden... Um, we were like, oh, yeah, maybe we should, like, run it from the top real quick um, to this part to see how it goes. And then I was just like, wait, wait how does it start again? Like, I literally <laughs> just couldn't even remember how the song started because we were so far deviated from yeah, that main we, idea we, that I was like, wait, what? Like, what is this again? Like, and then we started from the top. I was like, oh, right. OK, that's that's uh, that's it. And then we got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It was fun, though. That was like such it's, it's fun For to, sure. like, you know, let that kind of thing happen. But at the same time, definitely. I think since then, both of us definitely don't tend to be yeah, as quite that's a as pretty chaotic. freewheeling, yeah, song. And let me say, in, in the way that, like, I think the the appeal of that song, like, well, in terms of what it does, is that it is very through composed. Like, it's more about like you're going to like kind of a new world in each section that is maybe only tangentially related to the old one. But I do remember even the idea of balancing chaos and predictability. The dun. like there's kind of this transition two bar that that kept coming back because like we needed a common thread even though that is like one of the simplest things and that ends up being the outro is is a bastardized version of that it's the thing you've been hearing the whole song but not until the very end does it get its own full section it's just this transitional piece that eventually gets turned into this very weird outro thing and even just all the production afterwards of being like, yeah, this is a very unstable moment in terms of you don't know what's going to happen next. And it pays off to a moment that is much more, at least on its face, melodically certain, which we talk all the time about close, about how that song is so fucking hard and people don't understand because it's just a nice, pretty song. It's just like just a cute little, just like very poppy. Like I, I have such positive feelings about the recording of that song. I love how it turned out. But it's maybe one of those songs that like feels that is actually so much more chaotic than it presents itself because it feels super logical. Like, the way the melodies work, the way the song kind of unravels, everything just kind of feels normal and it's a pretty short song. But from the end of, like, actually needing to make that song go, uh, especially live because there's so many layers things, like, it is actually very dense and very obtuse about how the, the, basically the designing principle of that song is using sameness, which is like the drum part that runs throughout it, using sameness to obscure complexity because there's so much complexity even in terms of like, cool, every time this comes around, we're losing another two beats off the cycle. So the cycle is repeating four times, but each repeat has two less beats going on. And when that's laid in this section, here's the chords that happen on those turnarounds. But in this other section, it's these different chords and we don't lose a beat. Like like so much of that stuff where it, it all presents itself very similarly, but the actual way that it's designed is very strange and complex that it's kind of the way like, you know, when you play a song that you've only listened to and you actually learn how to play it, you like gain some appreciation for what's going on there or to more extreme examples of songs like something like a Meshuggah song, you might not engage with what that designing principle is. It might not be obvious to you unless you play it and you're like, oh, I get it. It's this pattern stays consistent and this drum thing staying consistent and they just sort of phase in and out with each other. That might be a lot more obvious once you're playing the song than if you're just listening to it because you're just hearing everything presented simultaneously. So thinking about how and why these pieces work together might not be logical to you in the moment, might just be chaotic, but then when you can get into it, you see that there is more predictability buried there or the exact opposite of what I was saying with Close where like it's seems very predictable but it's actually very chaotic i think that's really interesting as far as like especially the music that we love that we keep coming back to is stuff that there is usually some buried complexity some way whether it's a simple song hiding complexity or a complex song hiding a very you know 
fundamentally logical ethos of approach that maybe just isn't immediately apparent. Like, I think both of those are really interesting ways to engage with a song and that to like basically to keep a song interesting for you and the listener that maybe isn't, you know, immediately obvious how that balance is working. Yeah. And, and dude, close is such a a good example of that too, because it's just, it's, I think the main thing that makes it sound simple is that it is just in its approach. It's just so relaxed feeling like it's texturally relaxing. Yeah. Uh It's, it's just a little groovy. It's, it's still in four, Mm -hmm. you know, you can feel that kind of just like backbeat sitting there and it it really just, Mm. it feels good to like groove to. And the textures are all clean and nice sounding. So like it doesn't, it's, it's textural and even kind of like lyrical and like groove approach are just so like kind of like have this cool like laid back thing. But even like the drum groove as laid back as it sounds like I straight up can't even so like complex. play the drum groove. It's so hard. Like I'm like, it's uh-huh. just like the hi-hat on the ads and like that like really uh-huh. uh, syncopated like, you know, hand pattern and stuff like that. It's it's a tough groove to play in like the the song in general. Like when you think to like how chill it is, it 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 just presents itself as a song that is like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like this is all relaxed and fine. And then when uh-huh. you go to like dig Sounds deep easy. into the yeah. <laughs> inner workings of, yeah, what makes it what it is, it's totally just like, it's a maze. It is an absolute maze. And yeah. every time I think I know exactly how it goes, <laughs> I'm like questioning myself when I'm playing it. I'm like, is this the time where it does this thing and goes to this chord and then goes uh-huh. to here and stays an extra two beats and then it goes back into this? Or is this the time yep, where it does that, have... but then like does this and then it, it does that. I'm like, <laughs> It's just like so uh-huh. weird because there's, I, I guess, three... I don't think I've ever played that song live and not messed up at least one thing, like fundamentally not a hundred percent sure what the next chord is going to be. Like, like that has happened every single time I played that song, regardless of how well it goes. Like in the moment, it's just never 100% obvious how it, cause it's honestly, the similarity makes it so much more difficult because all the things are so similar to each other, but functional, a little different depending on the section that, yeah, like it is challenging to play for none of the reason, for all the reasons that it sounds easy to play. It is actually very hard to pull off because of all of that laid back, easy stuff, even harmonically, like that song has a, a, fl- a very prominent flat two and um, flat five chord that are like straight up wildly out of the the tonicism like like that is not a straightforward song in the way of like there's a lot of things hiding behind the very pleasing diatonic melody and the very easygoing you know nice feeling drums and clean guitars and stuff like all of that is hiding how fucking difficult this song is yeah and and that's actually like i really do think that songs like that um in a certain way have a really cool thing about them where if you can hide complexity under simplicity, that means that there's always deeper layers to be discovered the more you listen to it. And I think that's why um, I always mention this album, but I'm just such a huge fan of To Pimp a Butterfly. And I think the reason I am is because mm. no matter oh what I'm God. paying attention to into that out in that album, it, there's always something new to be discovered. And like whether it be how the songs connect to each other, how the song it works in itself, how the beat kind of changes throughout the song mm-hmm. how like you know those different layers of just like random sax lines that kind of come in and out and, like <laughs> there's so much to pay attention to but it also is all so cohesive that it's just uh-huh. like it's just a marvel to me i'm like i don't know how someone could have made all this song so unique yet fits together so well yet all the lyrics be so connected yet so individual at the uh-huh. same time like it is just yep. so great to me and i'm like that that is the goal for me i'm like if i can create a song that like 
has like, you know, a bunch of different layers that people can be interested in, but also is just overall a great song that people can listen to and not have to think about very much because it's just really followable and, you know, it grooves really well. And it has like, and it really connects with people on, on a meaning level when it comes to the lyrics and all those things kind of align. I think that some of the songs I would consider my best written songs to some degree have those elements. It's like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you can dig deeper into this, but also like in its most nascent form, when you're just listening to everything hit you at once, it still works really well. Hell yeah. Yeah. And that's such a, that's such a huge thing. Even thinking about like, yeah, the music that we love the most, especially when I was younger and like, all I did was listen to music. Uh, like the idea of like, I love this album and this time, and I know this album really well, I'm going to listen through, but I'm only going to pay attention to the drums and being like, oh shit, there's tons of cool stuff here that I wasn't paying attention to. Cause you know, it's drums in the context of, you know, eight other things. So like, I'm aware of the drums, but I'm, I'm not gaining every gleaning, every ounce of nuance out of them. And then doing the same thing with just the, you know, guitars or just the bass line or stuff like that, where it's like, oh yeah, like there's something so masterful about a song that like, like you said, cohesively functions, but any of the pieces sort of like we were saying, like what we need to engage with a song that we write, like the core piece has to be interesting enough in and of itself that it makes you want to hear it interact with other things or like when you don't hear it for a minute you want to hear it come back because it's so fun like like stuff like that where that's such a that's such a a high standard to hold yourself to but the idea that like every piece individually on its own is kind of interesting enough for you to care about it not necessarily to distract from the vocal but to like hear this collage of stuff that each thing is doing these slightly different roles and everything or like even just like the idea of appreciating a great song where like the drum and bass stuff like the rhythm section is just so locked in and cool where it's like oh man like that is setting up all this other stuff to sound awesome because this thing is so locked in and so dope that everything else is just icing on top of it because if this thing didn't work then like the other stuff wouldn't sound as good like and that's such a funny thing about especially the bottom-up nature of music is like if the bass player is screwing up, like the pro- people are probably not going to be like, oh, the bass player is screwing up. They're going to be like, why does that? I think guitarist is playing the wrong chord. Like something just doesn't feel right because the bass is always going to be more subliminal than the other stuff. Um, like as far as like what the average person will perceive. So like there's a lot of things that like might come down to even on recording of like, oh man, like the snare is so buried. But like, we're not thinking that we're just like, yeah, it doesn't make me want to move my head. Like, I'm just not really getting the groove. It's like, oh, okay. Like, like, like this has a very direct reflection on how we perceive the song. Cause I do think most people, and, and, and even like in the way that I think, regardless of how into songwriting or production we are, there always needs to be that, like, and I don't use this as, as a dig, like the ignorant mind of like, I'm just a music lover hearing music where like you're presented with something, you just hear it as one piece of here is the goal of everything working together as the song. Like, I think we still need to engage with that because that is how most people listen to music. And that is like the actual intended way of listening to music. And then once you have that and you have a good experience, breaking down all the discrete parts is really interesting. Or even saying like, I had a really bad experience with this song. Now I want to figure out why is like such an important thing because you need to nurture that part of your so that when you have your own music in front of you and you say like let me turn on to just listener brain what is the thing that you can anticipate being a problem that you need to fix or being like something awesome that you should play up because it's going to like really elicit the emotional reaction you want like the idea of that like everything working together but the brilliance of their parts is so important because 
if all the parts are brilliant but they don't come together as one thing then it doesn't matter that that time is wasted or like if the song is brilliant and the discrete parts aren't that impressive on their own who the fuck cares like like most people like if unless you're a guitarist like you might not care that the guitar is super boring repetitive it's if it's serving the song and i and even when we're talking about the role of guitar changing over time like the idea of like hearing guitar in, in especially like pop music like top 40 music it's like oh it's typically not like a super involved thing it's usually like a cool little loop with like an interesting effect and maybe some like filter stuff like that's very much like what the guitar's purpose is so like you can say like oh that's a really boring guitar part but it's like but does it work like does it serve the song if you listen to a dual lipa song does the guitar add to your experience or does it take you out of it same thing with the bass like different levels of importance but like like that's the thing like does the song work or not and then the individual parts being amazing that's icing that's like for for everybody to come back to it and say like this is what's up because i completely agree about t-pab i have never listened to that album uh and not gotten something new out of it i i, I don't think i ever will like unless i listen to that album every day for the next five years like it's just and i'm just surprised because there's so much there and there's and also helps that there's a lot of writers there's a lot of producers there's a lot of ideas and voices and obviously like this is all wrapped up in one package where it does make collectively even not talking about one song being cohesive like the entire project has a, a voice and a statement and an aesthetic and and you know its own ideology and its own you know ideas foiled against each other like such a complete package that is one that works on every level i think i mentioned earlier like one of the ways i can really appreciate really incredible music is that if it works both in like the deconstructive way and the total ignoring way, like um, um, like kind of blue. I always use this as my example. Like if you're having a, a cocktail party, you put kind of blue on. It, it can absolutely be the wallpaper that everybody ignores but really enjoys because it's just a vibe. But if you want to sit down with a pair of headphones and listen to a song off of kind of blue five times in a row and try to pick all the complexities out, you will probably not be done picking out the complexities by the time you're done. Even though this is among the simplest, you know simplest jazz albums that you could do that with like the idea that both those things exist and they both exist at such a high level just tells you how masterful the craft of not only the individuals making up the whole but just the vision of the entire project the entire song that that thing doesn't lose out by a bunch of people doing something really interesting that all that interesting stuff benefits the song which is such a narrow line to ride yeah and i think that speaks a lot to songwriting in general where you know, you might think it's hard to articulate what makes a song really good or like meaningful or like really engaging. But I think you kind of like hit the nail on the head when you're talking about all these different layers and how they're all unique, but also serving something greater, which is the song as a whole. I think that's something like it almost is like an interesting way. It's like, well, where does the meaning from music come from? It's like, who the heck knows where who can abstract and articulate what where that actually comes from. But I do think that's something to be that's interesting is like that music itself or a song is just a bunch of individual unique layers that all have their own uniqueness that all come together to serve something bigger. And I think that almost speaks of somewhat of like a, a community to some degree of a community of individuals that are all have their own place to play that are all doing a great job mm -hmm. and all doing something to serve something that makes something great. I think that that like, yeah. I know that's like kind of a stretch to a certain degree, but I do feel like that's some kind of something like music. Like, you know, if you're listening to whether it be a symphony, whether it be, just a, you know, a, a hardcore song, whether it be whatever, it's just all these layers are serving something bigger. And when all those layers are unique in their own way that are interesting to listen to by themselves, but also just serve something bigger. I think that that's like something where the true manifestation, uh, manifestation of meaning really comes from the song at, at a, I'd say more 
abstract level of way of thinking about a song sure. in general is like that it almost represents something um, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, I would say. Yeah. And I think even just the, regardless of whether it's, because yeah, you mentioned a community, which often this is a bunch of individuals, or even if it's just you crafting all these pieces, like the unity of vision between all these things in different ways, trying to serve the song as best they can. Because, you know, you're doing something very different as, like, the second guitarist than the drummer is doing in terms of, like, one of those things is wildly foundational, and the other one might just be, like, filling space or, like, providing a counter melody or providing some, you know, like, different textures, stuff like that. But, like, the idea of whether it's one person creating all these things separately or a group of people is that there's a unity of vision where everybody wants to use their skill set and whatever, you know, they're doing, whatever instrumentation it is to serve the same common goal. Because there's nothing worse. And and I feel like this doesn't even happen on recording so much because this is why producers exist to prevent this stuff. But there's nothing worse than, like, hearing a live band and being like, okay, cool, this is an original song. I'm, like, trying to figure out what it is and somebody in the band is just doing their own thing just serving their own thing to be like no this 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 section is now about me instead of about the song it's like oh okay i hate this like yeah that, that is just the biggest turnoff most immediately is like not having that unity of vision of like what do we all agree the song is and what's important because if you love the song and you're playing guitar you sh- you you don't want to play guitar over the vocal because that's going to make both of you sound worse. You're not, you're not going to take a solo while the unimportant vocal moment is happening because now neither of those things can really happen well, right? Like you need to have a common agreement about like how the song functions, what is important, where, what is, you know, the contrast, all the stuff we were talking about so that that stuff really works because if it doesn't, everything is failing. Like like the song itself fails if, the, if there's not that agreed unity of vision. Yeah. And, and on that too, and that's not to say that, you know, like the guitar part can't be unique and cool, like inside of the song, mm-hmm. it just can't take the, the spotlight away Vocal from precedence. the thing that's, yeah, yeah like from the, from the thing that's really supposed to be getting the attention. And like, that's the really cool thing is when, you know, there's an understanding of like, this is what th- is the thing at this moment. And that's not to say that you can't be playing a unique role in this and still have y- your own cool individuality to put into this but it still needs to be serving of what we're trying to accomplish. And when those things, mm-hmm. when you get both those things, that's really when things start to be just super interesting. And I feel like every great album I can think of, it mm-hmm. has just so much you can pay attention to if you care to pay attention to things uh-huh. individually. But still, if you were to just let it hit you as all one wall of sound, it's just so cohesive. And it's like, I, I, it just makes me geek out, dude. I love that stuff so much. Like, <laughs> I'm like, and like, yeah, more... I mean, that's, that's the aspiration is like, that's, and, and, and I think that that's, you know, sells what I was saying about like at our core, regardless of what level we do in terms of like when we're making music, like at our core, we are listeners. Like we make music cause we love music cause we love hearing music. Like I, I think that idea is so intrinsically fundamentally useful in terms of like you can't really lose that because at the end of the day the reason you want to make music is because you love hearing music like like you want to make music because of how much music means to you and how much of your life has been like feeling really impacted by the music that you love and really wanting to engage with it yeah totally um hell yeah um any closing thoughts on songwriting before we kill it uh i would say as a last word just of I don't know, encouragement to people if they're trying to get into songwriting. And we talked a little about this earlier, but just do it. And it's, I would say for me personally, if you're a musician and you're interested in it, it is literally one of the most rewarding things you can possibly do. 
I don't think there's a facet of music that is more rewarding than creating your own song and having it out there for people to like engage with. I think that is probably, I love playing and I love learning new things. And I love learning new techniques on the guitar. I love all the different aspects of music, but that is the most meaningful and most fulfilling thing in my opinion. So try it. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with what you were saying about the meaningful satisfaction you get from that is such a, is such of its own tier really. And especially even just the amount that goes into the moment where you say, I can no longer control this. Now it's somebody else's all the work that leads into that. Just, just the catharsis of that is really beautiful. So yeah, I, I agree. Definitely try it. And especially find your own path in it, in that the way you might approach it might be specific to you. And, and that's, and that's necessary. It needs to be individual to you because the, the music that you want to make is going to be a reflection of you, the individual. So the way you engage with that process is going to be unique to you. 